Hello everyone and welcome to The Escapist Show. My name is Jack Packard. I'm a semi-professional video game enjoyer. Hello, I'm Nicolandra, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist. And this week we have a very special guest with us, Paris Lily. Paris, say hi. Hi. No, thank you for having me. This is this is awesome. Glad you uh, invited me and people that are going, well, who the heck is Paris? Um, I am a co-host on a podcast called Gamertag Radio. Um, we've been around since 2005. We talk about everything in gaming. Um, I also uh, have my own YouTube channel. It's my name, Paris, P-A-R-R-I-S. And I'm very active on Twitter at, at Vicious696, giving my gaming <laughs> opinions. That's me. I think that's a job for most of us, being yeah. very active on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a job in itself now. So this week we are just diving into nothing but Xbox. We just recently had the Xbox Games event, which showed us gameplay of exactly one game. But that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about Xbox. Nick, I assume that means Halo. Oh yeah, it always means Halo. I know uh, Paris is a big fan of Halo too. I think. I okay. So I guess we're just <laughs> jumping right on in here. Oh, so, we're jumping right into Halo. Yeah, yeah. So you know. I am a huge Halo fan. I've I actually found pictures of me at E3 2001 at the Xbox booth playing Halo recently. So it's just like I, I'm a dinosaur. I'm an old guy, but uh, yeah, I, I am I am a huge Halo fan. Uh, big fan, obviously, of, of the the Bungie Halos. Um, even Halo Four with 343 was something. I enjoyed the story. I thought it was good. I I wasn't so much a fan of the Forerunner stuff. Had a lot of high hopes for Halo 5 and then we got Luke Cage and and all that and um yeah it is what it is but it's been 5 years since that so I was really anticipating Halo Infinite the slip space engine the rumors about it being open world and then we got to Thursday and while I do understand what they're trying to do because this is definitely an homage to Halo CE but they're right. also trying to look forward you know you know moving moving the franchise forward but what everyone seems to be stuck on and and I agree with this is the visuals uh <laughs> the game just doesn't look next generation it doesn't look like this is the flagship title for Xbox that's leading us into the next generation with their hardware, the Series X, Game Pass, everything that's involved with that. So people are, are clearly underwhelmed. I'm, I'm underwhelmed in a way as well because this should have shown better. I, I, I had a Q&A um, with 343 after the event and they kind of explained, hey, it was an older build and you know, obviously they're gonna continue to work on it. I understand all that, but you only get one first impression Right. And this wasn't <laughs> it. This was not how you should have shown that game. I think in the current state of the world, it would have been more than reasonable if they came out and said, you know what? We know we have this big July event. We know you're all anticipating Halo, but we're not ready to show it to you just yet due to COVID-19 or whatever the case may be. Give us another month or two. But here's some other things to tide you over until then. Be excited about X, Y, and Z. Like mm -hmm. they could have still talked about what Halo Infinite is without giving us that gameplay demo because that's all we're talking about is the visuals instead of being excited Absolutely. about Halo. Yeah. You know, they're they're pushing back movies. They're, pu they're pushing back sporting events. They're pushing back so many things because they're not ready yet. Yeah. Why not Halo? Yeah, it was a it was a weird, weird reveal for a few reasons. Like the... Uh the snippet of gameplay they showed off like did nothing to get you excited about the game right like it, it's typical like i think and i think part of like the whole thing with halo with that showcase was like hey we're we're going back to the classic style and that's what they were trying to convey but not having any preamble to that be like hey this is an older build we just want to show you the gameplay don't worry about the graphics right now we'll get that fixed up later because like we know 343 can make a pretty looking game like halo 4 and 5 both look great uh, so I, I don't know if it speaks to problems with the infinite or the slip space engine or, or what's going on, but uh, yeah, I mean I, I've been playing Halo since you know I was a you know nine years old or whatever two thousand no I was six years old in two thousand one. <laughs> if that makes you feel older now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. be careful, Paris. Nick is a baby. Yeah. Nick is an actual baby, so. bearded baby. Uh, that should be my gamer tag. <laughs> But uh, yeah, like 
some something just felt really off of that demo. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping the the full game is better than that. But yeah, it was like as a flagship title for Xbox, it was a very very poor showing, and I think they're rightfully getting roasted for it. And I think in general, like the biggest problem Microsoft has is their marketing department. If I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Well, let me ask both of you a question because sure. I'm not a big Halo person. I've never much cared for the series. Did they show us anything new in that trailer enemy-wise? I know like the the story is taking place on a new Halo ring, but ha have they shown us anything new or was this kind of a, a nostalgia fest? Uh, it was both. Uh, they showed a couple new things. Um, we saw new equipment. The grapple shot obviously was the was the big one. We also saw the drop shield as well. Um, the other new things that they showed was was the map that this is going to be an open world. There's going to be discoverability that that you're going to have traversing it. There will be a linear campaign, but it seems like there's going to be side mission things that you can do as well. Um, beyond that not they really didn't show new enemies i mean the banished actually debuted in halo wars 2 i believe but they're really not new enemies because it's still the like the covenant still grunts elites and obviously the brutes are, are, who are who are commanding them but again going back to the q a i had with 343 they did talk about that the banished will have some tactical ai they will do some things that won't be typical of the classic classic covenant uh enemies that we've had over the over the years so mm -hmm. in that way it's so it's almost like yes but no <laughs> at, at the same time i mean you know going back to what nick was saying that was also part of this gameplay like i've been a big advocate that don't show me sizzle reels don't show i want to see someone with a control in their hand at the start right. screen go play the game which they actually did but they didn't really show us anything that we haven't seen the past 19 years. And I mm -hmm. think that's also part of the problem as well. Um, like you mentioned the, the marketing problem that they have. I, I was just talking about this on another show that I feel that Xbox has a communication problem. They have a messaging problem. It was God awful back in 2013 with the debut <laughs> of the Xbox yep. one. It has improved. But it's it's still not where it needs to be. You know, I got to interview Aaron Greenberg after after the showcase, and I said to him directly, "This wasn't enough." You know, they they need this felt like part one of an ongoing story. Yes, Game Pass was the star of this and everything that goes along. I know I'm kind of deviating a little bit from Halo, but I, I think this is relevant. It, it it comes into the fact that the messaging for Halo wasn't what it should have been for this being after a two-year anticipation for halo infinite it was a letdown to most people that if you're a hardcore halo fan you're going to pick it up day one and play it regardless i am too but those people <laughs> that are sitting on the fence people like yourself that are asking well did they show anything new what is this what is that mm. they didn't have you i needed that wow moment i needed to jump out of my chair excited about what they showed i needed to be spamming twitter going oh my god halo's amazing and <laughs> instead we're, we're analyzing it and trying to assume what it is they're trying to tell us instead of them directly telling us like honestly we're recording this on monday morning they should right now be on twitter blog posts youtube Pony Express, Smoke Signals, whatever it is they need to do and explain what the hell Halo Infinite is. And I don't think they've done a great enough job about that. And that just funnels into the overall messaging and communication problem that Microsoft has had literally this entire generation as, as we now go into the next generation. Yeah, and Jack Jack brought up the point of the, like the first impression, and at this point, they're gonna have to like re-reveal it to get it on, yes. on people on board with it. Because <laughs> I, I agree. The, you know, now the, the instead of the message being about okay, awesome, we're getting a new Halo game, the new Xbox is exciting. It's like oh, this doesn't look next gen, and that's what mm -hmm. the message has turned into. So now, what I'm concerned about is like they're gonna. I mean, they've obviously seen all that criticism already. They're gonna turn around and have to either delay this or go into crunch mode to really get it polished up. Uh, and part part of me feels like they're going to end up delaying it and i'm actually we were talking about this on the forums on the escapist and i almost and jack and i discussed in this previous episode like next gen this doesn't feel like it's ready yet so like part of me almost feels like the xbox series x might even be delayed to the first part of 2021 just to make sure that this game is ready for it i, I don't think they can yeah I don't, I don't think they can either uh you know i think you know the rumors about there was a rumor about the multiplayer not launching, which was quickly squashed. 
but I would not be surprised to see like the multiplayer launch in a beta state with Halo Infinite and then they just keep building on the game from there because like what's even yeah. weirder is like you're launching this game with a Series X but the ray tracing is going to come in a later update <laughs> like well I mean and, and that goes back to exactly what you're saying we're in a COVID world so right. I think people would be very understanding if you did delay it I just don't think they will I think they have, you know, since their marketing kicked off last December at the Game Awards where they debuted the Series X, they've been talking about the power of it, the the 12 teraflops, you know, the ray tracing, 4K 60 frames for everything. They've just been touting this new hardware and what it means. They've been touting their services that they have. I mean, Xbox Play Anywhere, Game Pass, obviously, uh, Project X Cloud now being bundled in to Game Pass. So it's like when I look at what Microsoft has done the past since 2016, building up to this moment, I was really anticipating it because I'm thinking, wow, look at look at this complete package that they're putting together. And then they're going to cap it off with the flagship with Halo. And this is going to be this huge coming out party to show that the synergy of everything that they're doing with, with services and hardware but then we got this so like you're saying yeah that kind of ties back to their messaging problem is yeah. like they said it's a game showcase and i think they misconveyed it because it wasn't a series x showcase right right and we're at the point now where it's we need series x and i mean i know phil spencer um came out and said that yes they are indeed having this august event which i assume all right they're gonna you know they're gonna date series x they're gonna put a price on series x we're gonna see whatever lockhart allegedly is going to be um, and then go from there. I'm hoping, like you, you just said, we almost see like a soft reboot of the Halo Infinite uh, reveal. And then maybe they were holding back what the initiative is doing. I mean, that obviously is rumored to be Perfect Dark. So maybe there's still things to come. And that's why I said uh, earlier, this felt like part one of a multi-part story as we lead up to launch. But it goes back to the thing of set expectations accordingly so that people aren't assuming that they're what they're getting something in one show and then they feel let down because it's coming later and i just well, feel like they, they've done a bad job like go back to the may event the may event felt like a letdown because they let expectations run wild and then we got what we got and they had to backtrack and try and correct it which i feel like i'm being kind of negative on xbox when i'm just being honest when when i say <laughs> their big problem is they're not taking lessons learned like you look at the May event. Okay, that's that's a forgiven one. We're in a COVID world. So you you saw the mistakes that you made there. Okay, correct it. You saw what PlayStation did. Mm -hmm. All right, here's what they did right. Here's what they did wrong. I mean, you've seen EA and Ubisoft along the way as well. So that you're leading up to this event that we had in July. It's highly anticipated for everything that you've been talking about the past six months. And then that's what we got. Like, to be clear, I'm very excited for Game Pass because I do feel that is the future <laughs> yeah, of, right. of, of so. what they're doing. But oh no, but I think like the the thing that the thing that you're yeah. hitting right on the nail head here is that they've been doing nothing but talking about how powerful the right. new Xbox is going to be. Showing. They're talking yeah. they're talking about all of this power, and we get game trailers, we get we get pre-rendered cinematics, we get nothing of yeah. substance in the games showcase. Absolutely. I'm excited for Game Pass because I, I do think that is the future of gaming. I do think them taking a game like Halo or Forza and turning it more into a platform and not necessarily having to worry about making sequels to it and just continue to build and iterate on it. I, I, I see the vision. I get what, what they're trying to do, but it goes back again to communication. You need to properly make your consumers understand that this is what you're doing, that no, you're not going to release betas of games and then just build them along the way. No, you're going to get a feature complete game at the start. But instead of you worrying about us putting out Halo Infinite 2, no, we're going to continue to tell the story inside this engine in this world that we've built. But I don't think I, I, I almost feel like we've had to drag that information out of them versus them just simply yeah. telling us. And that that's mm -hmm. the problem. Uh, yeah, one of the points I made the last episode Jack and I recorded was like, if 
if E3 had happened this year, what the hell would Microsoft have shown off there? <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder. It really does. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, nothing like, and that's kind of like nothing feels prepared. And they've had, the, you know, obviously COVID is a thing, but they've had extra time to to plan this stuff, and it's and it's still not, you know, it's still underwhelming for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I think. Uh, this August showcase event. Well, and part of the the other part of the problem is like they're trying to. I think all of them are having this problem. Like they're trying to keep things exciting by being secretive about it. But we're four months out from launch of the consoles now, presumably. Like now's the time to lay out your plans Absolutely. and be very clear about what the hell is coming. Because <laughs> now everybody's just getting confused. Like, is Halo Infinite going to look better? Who knows? Like, is it going to be delayed? Or what? What launch titles are even coming to the Xbox or the PS5? Because right now, all we know that's coming to the PS5 too is Spider-Man. So I mean, it's it's yeah. The, just the whole the whole messaging's weird, and I I still can't believe Microsoft hasn't figured it out at this point. You know, just getting that messaging right and knowing how to hype people up and and do it correctly and and, and convey everything. Like, I shouldn't have to go from that showcase to an interview at IGN or whatever to learn that Halo Infinite is going to be not a games as a service because they don't want to call it that, but it's still going to be a built-on game. No, I agree. Yeah. So it's not going to be a games as a service, but it's going to be a game with services. It's it's well, yeah. They they use the same wording as a games as a service by saying it's going to be a platform for the next ten years, but it's not a games as a service. So now I don't know what the difference is. That's what a games as a service. <laughs> well, is. I, 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 and again, I'm assuming and interpreting what what they're saying. I think <laughs> right. Because they're trying. Because that's that's a dirty word in the industry right now to say to say gas. Right. So yep. they don't mm-hmm. want to say it, but they're also trying to say, look. If you're a subscriber, it doesn't matter because right. <laughs> you already own all the content that we're building on. We're, we're giving you these this feature-rich thing at launch, so you're not getting an incomplete game. It's just that when you finish this game, we're going to continue to tell the story. But I'm not in their marketing. I shouldn't be saying it. They should be <laughs> saying that to us. That, that, but right. that's how I'm interpreting what they're trying to do. Yeah, and I, it, yeah, I guess it's a side thought, but just seeing what they've built with Master Chief Collection, I think it you know if they can make that work in infinite just add these new campaigns into that game that'd be really cool yeah i'd be totally down for that this this reeks of me and this is something i've been harping on for a long time as the line between consoles and pc gaming blurs ever more with every generation this just reeks to me of selling a game before it's finished hoping enough people buy it to justify finishing it that's and I know that's a very cynical approach, but we've seen it so often in PC early access titles, and now we're getting it in in big triple A's. Well, yeah, I don't I don't think that's the case with this. I mean, it's just you know it's a different way of delivering a game through Games Pass. Basically, you know, you're subscribing to the service; they want you to keep coming back to the same games. That's why Forza Motorsport doesn't have a number on it this time either, because they're probably just gonna it's it's a platform they're gonna build on. Yeah, I but I have a real that. question. Do you actually know anyone who plays Forza? I do. You yeah. play Forza? Yeah, I yeah. play Forza. Yeah. There's really? two people you... right there, Jeff. Yeah. You up. are the first two people <laughs> in my entire life who I've ever talked to that played Forza. I was convinced that Forza was a made-up game. I just <laughs> well, thought well, that the, it was like a meme. Forza's the a interesting game. thing, the interesting thing with Forza is I feel like Horizon has actually overpassed the yes. base game horizon is the one that really has has a community built around it right now and it, which again is why i kind of think turn 10 they've not they what was forza 7 three years ago so it's it's been three years since we've had a turn 10 forza and it seems like we're still going to have another year or two before we actually get whatever this new series x forza motorsport is going to be because i think they realize they need to reinvent the base forza game so that people like you who thinks think it's a unicorn that someone plays it they actually it's a have, big foot. have a yeah. community of people playing it um but for, for horizon's fun and it looks like they're gonna kind of lean on that for another year or two you know until the the quote-unquote the platform forza uh is ready all right so let's let's move into uh like the long-term plans of xbox then because i think i think that's interesting because that's where they're building something completely different from what Sony and Nintendo are doing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you you look at their their long-term plan, it's it's, it's very clear they don't care where you play their games right. as long as you're a subscriber. I mean, the long-term plan is Game Pass. That's that's obvious because 
They want you to subscribe. They don't care if you play it on PC. They don't care if you play it on their hardware. They don't care if you're doing it via Project X Cloud or whatever the case may be, right? They just want you to subscribe to their services because that's the bigger picture plan with Microsoft as a company. Obviously, look at things like Office 365. So, but with that, and, and again, this is where the communication comes in. I think it is also changing the way that they create games because they're not worrying about the next sequel. They can take risk with certain studios to try and make unique things. They can make, you know, what Valve obviously tried with the orange box. They can they can make episodic content because you're already hooked into that ecosystem. You're hooked into that service. I think the, tr the true challenge that they have right now is convincing people to buy in to said plan and ecosystem, because if you're already an Xbox guy, you're, you're celebrating. You're like, oh, this is all great. I'm, I can't wait. I'm, I'm here. Take my money every month. I'm happy. <laughs> but if you're on the fence or you're not already in the Xbox ecosystem, last week didn't convince you, I don't think, right? Because we got a, we got a list of titles, still... <laughs> but yeah, no, who knows what they're they're gonna play like, right? Well, right. I think it's I don't think uh, the first party games are gonna win that many people over. Like if you're if you're already on, uh, win, you know, PS4 or, or five or, or uh, Nintendo, like those are the exclusives you probably want. So you're probably yes. not that interested in what Xbox has got. I think the more important deals for Xbox are like what they're doing with Destiny too. And yes. adding that to Games Pass, where you get these big expansions mm. coming to it too, mm -hmm. like I, Destiny Two going to Games Pass, I bet is just going to bring them a couple more million subscribers. Because like, but, even as somebody that owns Destiny Two, if I don't want to, I don't have to buy the expansions anymore. Now I just have Games Pass and I get them. Mm. That's and more games like that are going to really, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, I guess paid expansions are kind of the out of the norm now. So maybe I'm wrong. But see, ironically <laughs> enough, Bungie, Bungie is actually the template for what they're trying to do with right. Game Pass. And the fact that they got them in Game Pass makes a lot of sense because I'm, I'm a huge Destiny guy. It's my one of my main games to play. So I was very excited to see that for the very reason that you're saying. It's like they're trying to turn Halo into this platform, Forza into this platform. That is literally what Destiny is. So right. they're trying to adopt that model and they're trying to show here's a successful game that is in Game Pass that now its audience no longer has to worry about buying expansion packs. They can buy the, I know the season pass stuff you'll still have to get, but that's what they're trying to attempt to do. And that's what they need, really need to lean in more to do. Now, going to your other point about the first party titles, I agree. Their problem has been the, the past seven years. I don't care about, their, they don't have a first party game since Xbox One that I care about. Gears was fun. Four and five was okay to play. You know, I like Ori and Cuphead, but I, I, I'm not emotionally invested in, into those franchises because, again, you, you look at Nintendo, you look at PlayStation, you know, I'm invested in the Breath of the Wild. I'm invested in the Mario Odyssey. I'm invested in the God of War, Spider-Man, Uncharted, The Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Horizon Zero Dawn. The, I mean, the list goes on that I, of these titles that people are going to run out and buy a PlayStation 5 because PlayStation has earned your trust as a consumer because you know exclusive games. These are games I can only play on your platform and I'm excited for. Like the one thing I've been saying all year, there's been only one game I've seen that truly looks next gen this entire year and that's Ratchet and Clank. You know, because we saw it in action. We saw it being played. You saw, okay, this is something you can't do on a PlayStation 4. Wow, okay, I want to get a PlayStation 5 to play that game. You know what I mean? So, but Halo didn't do that. Just bringing that back up for a second. Halo didn't do that. That was like, well, I can just play that on my Xbox One. Why am I getting a Series X to play that? Well, and, that and that's the problem think, they have. I think what's interesting to me is, uh, and you, you said it, the creative risks that Xbox can take now having Games Pass. And, I, you know, they obviously have to, I, what, they have one iconic character left at this point, Spartan, yeah. <laughs> Master Chief. Uh, so I think... And Xbox is like kind of taking their own direction though, and I think they're a lot more focused on the social games because one thing I we talked about it a while ago that I really noticed with this gen is that like Sony Sony has their layout for their exclusives, like story driven high fidelity adventure games basically. Mm -hmm. That's where they are now. They don't do multiplayer anymore. Every multiplayer game they tried in the last gen basically flopped. SOCOM, <laughs> Mag, Twisted Metal, 
uh, Starhawk, Warhawk, <laughs> all those games failed. Uh, so I think Xbox with Games Pass, you know, maybe maybe Xbox never is the console that has, you know, as a first party game, don't go for these super high fidelity linear or open world experiences. Maybe that's just not what they're going for. Maybe what they're going for is these more creatively engaging, you know, artistically unique games. Because uh, like Everwild comes to mind with that. You've got Sea of Thieves that does the social aspects really well. Uh, Minecraft, all, all these, you know, not focused on graphics over anything kind of games. And they offer mm-hmm. each one kind of offers a unique experience. Uh, so I think I think Games Pass offers them the luxury to do that. And again, it, it all comes down to communication like is Microsoft going for the highest fidelity first party games or are they going for creatively unique games? Right. Absolutely. And so do you think I, I, I love the the pivot to Games Pass. I think that's a great idea, mostly just because it also opens up the realm of PC gaming. Mm. Will there be and I suppose are there I'm, I'm not a huge Xbox person. So here the question is, are there or will there be Games Pass exclusive titles? Well, they're, you know, if they want to be the Netflix of games, they need exclusive titles to let people buy in. I think eventually Uh, there will be. You might be looking at it incorrectly. Like, Games Pass is just another way to access those games. So it's not going to be, like, if it's only on Games Pass, you can't get it on your Xbox or PC. Right. And this, no, this is the question to you, is will there ever be as an incentive to get people to buy into the subscription service of Games Pass? I don't think so. See, I, I actually disagree. I actually disagree yeah. on that. I, I think not anytime soon, not in the near future. I think if Game Pass turns out to be a hit and a true success, where mm-hmm. they're now Microsoft can tout all these amazing Game Pass subscriber numbers, like if they truly become the Netflix of gaming, I could see experimental, like they'll do obviously do it on a smaller scale first, but I could see yeah. experimental titles that, hey, Game Pass exclusive. If you're a subscriber, you get access to this kind of thing mm-hmm. to test the waters. I think we're a long ways away from that. I sure, mean, it sure. would be the 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 I don't even know the word I'm looking for here, but just the outrage that would happen if they were to dare utter that from their lips right now would would just be very detrimental to their long term plan. But I could see five years from now them try at least trying it just to Mm. see what the reaction would be. And if they truly have a large install base on Game Pass and people are are now used to it and it's the way that they consume their their content from Xbox, Mm. it would make a lot of sense because now you're that kid sitting on the outside looking in going, Man, I want to play that too. All right, I guess I better subscribe to Game Pass to play it, but right? it'll be a while. And that's away. the exact same pivot that Netflix took. Oh no, no, we just have everybody else's stuff. Oh well, wait, wait, wait. Now we have one of our own. You can only right. get it here. Well, now we have a couple of our own. Now we got a couple big hits. Boom! Yeah, now, guess, now we're the Netflix of Netflix. Yeah, I guess I failed to see the benefit of, of only allowing it to be on Games Pass and not allowing them to purchase it because that's what they found is that people are trying games on Xbox Game Pass and then going and buying it. So I don't, I don't know. The the pivot to subscription services is really a pivot towards stability where mm. any anyone that goes to a subscription service, you no longer have to worry about fluctuating sales numbers. You no longer have to worry about a, a single underperforming tentpole title because people are going to be coming back month after month. Oh, yeah. And the only way to get people in there is to have a reason for them to be there in the first place. Right, I understand that part. I just think like Microsoft's whole thing, this that you know, this generation and onwards basically is like the pro-consumer moves. Mm-hmm. So taking away the option to own that title instead of just get it through Games Pass, I don't think they're gonna go that route going forward. We can probably assume you know Xbox wants you to subscribe like you would the Netflix. Mm-hmm. So every few months you're going to get a new, you know, exclusive title, whatever that is. Maybe it's a AAA first party title. Maybe it's one of their more creative, you know, higher risk titles that they do, but smaller scale AA stuff. Or maybe it's an indie game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead of spending, you know, $200 over over six months for, you know, four games, you spend $15 a month or you get one of their, they always have a deal for it, like $1 right now. Is ridiculous value. Yeah, it is. The next point I had in my thing is is still looking at kind of the forward future of Xbox, and I think uh, in Paris, I, I'm curious to hear about the, your thoughts on this. But after seeing Halo Infinite, 
uh, and now we know it's a cross-gen title, obviously, I'm kind of feeling like 2020, 2021 is going to be the sunset year for the Xbox. And we're not really going to see like stuff like Avowed or Fable or Everwild until 2022, 2023 at the latest, earliest. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, and if you look at the showcase, they were, I don't even say cleverly, but just at the tag at the end, you would see what would say Series X Windows 10. And then some games would still say Xbox One of them. Clearly a game like Avowed, Fable, even Forza are not coming anytime soon because 2022 at the earliest, like like you're saying, because mm -hmm. that's when those games will be ready and they're being built specifically for the Series X to utilize, you know, the faster SSD, the better CPU, things like that. So, yeah, I mean... I I'm a fan of their short term play to say, hey, we're not going to force you to buy a Series X day one to play a game like Halo. I think it makes a lot of sense. I know there's been a lot of pushback on things like that, but it is pro consumer uh, to, I, well, to have I, that. And to counter that a little bit, I think it's just I, I, I was interested in that at the start. And then after seeing this showcase, now I think that's just PR speakers saying well, we don't have enough yeah. ready. <laughs> for yeah. Series X, because yeah. you know they're up, they're upgrading all their previous games like Sea of Thieves and Gears Five. Uh, we've got Wasteland Three coming out in a few short weeks. We've got uh, what else is coming? Uh, Grounded, I guess, which is early access, so it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily count. <laughs> uh, is is Wasteland Three the like the last big exclusive this year before Halo Infinite? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, and then thinking ahead to 2021, what do they have? I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, we don't know. And, and and maybe that those answers are still coming, I would guess, because yeah. obviously we know they're going to have an August event. You got to assume they're going to do some kind of XO 20. There'll be the game awards where they could still have these kind of announcements for 2021 games. But it's clear what we saw July, really the only huge game that that's coming and will also be on Xbox One is Halo Infinite that we right. know of currently. So. It's gonna yeah, be I, think, I think in general they're really they're really banking on games pass having enough content by then with destiny and everything to get people to say all right i'll upgrade now to have the best versions of these games we'll get the big exclusives later on right but I, i'm just like you know i've been excited for like what xbox is gonna do because i got yelled at uh two weeks ago for calling them the underdog but in terms of exclusive content, they are compared to Sony and Nintendo right now. Big but time. they are. They are. I think that I think that's a very fair statement to make. They are the underdogs there. The, the way I've equated it um, recently is to say that Xbox is still in prove it mode. They have to prove to me and to consumers to want to invest into what it is that you're trying to do. Whereas their competitors, you can look back over the past few years and go, Yep, I like this, I like that, I like that, and this is why I'm on those platforms. Whereas I look back at Xbox, I, I can't I honestly just can't say that, other than I like what they've been building. That's kind of been my right. thing. I like what they're building to, and I thought this was the moment that it all came together. And unfortunately, that's not what we got. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think um Yeah, like I'm not as concerned about a lot of these games being canceled because like these studios have solid track records and, yeah. and they're you know they're fully being funded by microsoft compared to like in the past when we had Scalebound and uh oh man what other ones are they exclusive like fable legends even though i tried the beta for that and it was already kind of shit it looked great but wasn't really interesting uh so i'm not i'm not super concerned about a lot of these being canceled but i don't know microsoft revealing their hand so far in advance again is like eh, makes me yeah. feel a little bit a little bit uneasy what was the other one? Oh, there was a uh, phantom dust that got canceled too right is that what it was called uh no phantom dust well no 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 it, it did come out because that was it, it, it was originally an xbox game and then they were remaking it and didn't the remake come out or, or am i, I tripping? remember if maybe i'm wrong i don't know i can't remember <laughs> that's how few exclusives yeah. they had we can't remember if they came out or not <laughs> <laughs> and well in general like you know the the future looks exciting for xbox i think like i'm interested in it avowed for sure fable looks great yes uh you know uh there were rumors about fable being M mmo and that was squashed already as well uh i think halo infinite has me concerned but i mean i in general i liked i saw what i, I liked what i saw of the gameplay uh visually i can live with it if it's not the prettiest game in the world because i don't think halo's ever been really all about graphics i'd rather just have a class classic halo experience again 
honestly. But can I pause you on that for just one second? And this yep. this brings it back to the communication again. I agree. Halo's never been about the graphics. Go back to 2007. People were complaining about Halo 3 back then. Yep. Not looking the greatest. But guess what? Probably one of the best games ever made. That, that game right. was. And, and Infinite could be that as well from a gameplay standpoint. I mean, I'll take good gameplay over pretty graphics every time. The problem, again, is they built this anticipation the past two years that we were getting this graphical powerhouse of a game mm -hmm. that was going to display why you wanted to invest in a Series X. But that's not what we saw. Yeah, people keep bringing up that Slipspace engine trailer yes. that we saw two yes. years ago. But even, even that doesn't look... I mean, I, I kind of I went back and looked at it again just to compare, and I like the Last of Us Part Two still looks even better than that. No, it does. Yeah. Well, no, this is just a general problem with the hardware race. Is they are they are trying to sell you on something that they can't even prove you'll need yet. Like yeah. they're trying to sell you on this on this uh, hot rod of a car, even though the speed limit is twenty five, and so. It's it's and it's it's always funny whenever we have these conversations and it's always Microsoft versus Sony because Nintendo doesn't even get into the right. fight. Exactly. They don't care. They made an iPhone with a controller taped to it. No, they don't care about graphics, and that's why they're Nintendo. And so, like, I think you know, Paris. Uh, once again, you've kind of said all that needs to be said here, which is Xbox made some promises that they're not keeping. Yeah, it, I don't. Yeah, it, well, is it is it premises that they're not keeping, or is it more the communication problem of saying we're going for all this power, but not having the games that show that power yet? And, they should yeah. have had the games first, and potato, then potato, potato, my friend. Yeah, I guess. But you bring up a good point with Nintendo. I, I, I say it all the time. Nintendo is the greatest developer in the world. They have been for 30 years. <laughs> and it's never been about hardware power with them. It's just been about mm -hmm. creating compelling content and unique gameplay experiences. That's what they do better than anyone else on the planet. And, mm -hmm. you know, Xbox, not so much. And I think it goes back to what, what, what you're also saying is you talk about power you talk about all these these things that you say you want to go buy this hardware but you're not showing me you got to show people especially when you're the underdog you have mm -hmm. to prove to people that this is why i want to invest in your hardware your ecosystem and, and and everything and they've just simply not done that and that's what i think people that's where i think the disappointment is coming from from this this reveal that they just had mm -hmm. and i i really truly honestly hope that in August and beyond, they continue to tell this story and they get in front of this. So they set expectations accordingly, because I do think Halo Infinite is going to be an amazing game. I think it's something I will spend hundreds of hours playing. But right now, we're not talking about that. We're talking about direct lighting and ray tracing and, and all this <laughs> right. other nonsense with the game when if you did either a you didn't show it or you or you when you did show it it had everything what your vision was in place that mm -hmm. isn't the conversation we're just simply talking about master chief's back this looked awesome can't wait to for this holiday to play it that should be what we're talking about and unfortunately yeah. we're not yeah it's like i keep going back to it just it just blows my mind that you know they're still learning these lessons that they've learned again and again and again about you know <laughs> you're showing stuff too early yeah. not showing enough and like with well, the see, halo that, infinite reveal like mistake. This... they haven't learned a thing <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think they have it's just like you know i they only acquired these studios two years ago and they want to build whether they're really competing with sony or not they want to build these massive triple a experiences for people like with, and that's what we're seeing with Avowed and Fable and all that. It's just like, like I said in the last episode we recorded, like next gen feels half baked. Like some of these games should be ready to go this year. We have the pandemic now, which isn't helping, obviously. So like I don't know. It, it, again, it again, 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 it keeps coming down to <laughs> Microsoft messaging issues. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Get your shit together, Bill Gates. <laughs> At this point, they just need like a, a Marvel roadmap <laughs> to show here's Halo Infinite in 2021. Here's oh, Fable God, in 2022. We don't need another roadmap. <laughs> we, we, Xbox does, honestly. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just going to keep having this this PR fiasco. Of, of, you Road, know. Roadmaps can be changed and forgotten about a million times over. You need you need someone in charge. 
yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Xbox will figure it out, but I think we're another... Uh, hopefully I don't have to say this again next year, but I think we're another year off still. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, think, I think 2022... Pandemic aside, 2022 is going to be Xbox Series X year. I think next year, this the end of this year, and next year is a full transition year for them. And just getting that hardware in people's hands, letting giving it a year for people to adopt it, and then start delivering the experiences they really want to deliver. But, you know, Microsoft's subverted my expectations multiple times, and I'm sure they will continue to do so. Both in good and bad ways. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just let's just hope it's uh, we're hoping for more Last Jedi and less Rise of Skywalker. I think that I think that's a good analogy. Yes, <laughs> I think YouTube's going to disagree with that. Oh, cool, <laughs> They'll cool. say we want neither. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's too. my controversial Star Wars opinion. <laughs> How about just no Star Wars? Cool. I think that's all I had on Xbox. So if we want to take a few minutes and just talk to Paris and get to know you a little bit, sure. Cool. Ask, All right. Ask away. So, uh, tell us, tell us about how you kind of got into. I guess you're in the games media space now, and I've only, you know, I've seen you on Twitter you know, for how many years now, but uh, you just got onto IGN for the first time like a few months ago, right? And you just did it again. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll take you way back. So, like I, I sure. kind of alluded to 2001. That was my first E3 I ever went to, and I wasn't associated with any media, or whatever. I kind of fudged my credentials and was able to get in <laughs> um and and i've gone to every e3 since obviously up until this year but um 2006 was the first time i really kind of got into anything content creation wise um I, like I, I mentioned i'm a party gamer tag radio now well gamer tag radio back then started in 2005 with danny pena and this was even before itunes and podcasts was really a thing and he used to spam the team Xbox forums with his show and I would listen. And then like I wound up becoming a fan of it. And then a year later in 06, I see him at an Xbox event up in Redmond on a video. And I go, oh, my God, wait, you can go to Xbox. This is crazy. I want to do this. So I reached <laughs> out to him and he wound up helping me get started back then in 06. So I did my like my own podcast. I did that from 06 to 2011 um, had, had another co-host with me he took a job with EA so I quote unquote retired but Danny and I were friends the entire time we'd collaborated stuff on E3 you know various events things like that and then I wind up joining Gamertag Radio in 2013 and like I said we were still just an audio only podcast at that point and I think the turning point for me was 2014 I believe it was this would have been Titanfall when it, when it was getting ready to come out um, we go to an event and everyone there was a YouTuber <laughs> except us. And we, and we, and we looked at each other and go, we're freaking dinosaurs, man. We're, what are we doing? We gotta, we gotta switch this up. So from that point, we started transitioning from just doing audio to, uh, we started streaming the podcast live on Twitch. We wind up getting partnered on Twitch 2017, I think up in there somewhere. And then kind of on my own here, just dabbling the last year or two, I started to dabble in YouTube, just creating content on YouTube. And I actually just recently, a few days ago, reached reached the milestone of I got a million views on my channel. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So and it's just been like a personal project for me to, to jump in and do that. But slowly but surely, I've been starting to build up content on, uh, on YouTube. I've been upgrading my equipment. I actually got a good camera and everything now. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, a lot, lot of fun doing it. So basically, I'm I'm a podcaster, I'm a streamer, and I'm a YouTube content creator now. And this is all just part time for me. I mean, I have my my day job, I have you know my my family I take care of, and all that stuff. I just do it because it's fun. But you like you bring up the IGN thing. Um, I'm a huge uh, cyberpunk fan. I've been huge into cyberpunk the last couple years, and um, I've been working with CD Projekt Red on a, on a couple different things. So I got early access to cyberpunk and got to play it, um, you know, a few weeks back for Night City mm -hmm. Wire. So when I was on IGN the first time for Podcast Unlocked, uh, Ryan and I had really great chemistry, and then they reached out and said, "Hey, we know you're big into cyberpunk." why don't you come co-host the night city wire pre and post show that we're doing? So I did that. Nice. That went over pretty well. And then, uh, yeah, for this one, for the Xbox showcase, they reached out to me again and uh, asked me to sit on for the pre and post show for that as well. So great opportunities. Um, I got a chance to be on uh, kind of funny as well. 
um, and and host one of their shows. But um, and and I was on Funhouse dude soup this has all been happening in like the last three months which is, which is crazy but it's funny uh, how your how your like love for games can just yeah, wind yeah, you yeah. up in these places like that yeah yeah and then obviously i'm i'm pretty vocal on twitter with with all this stuff um you know i i know not everyone agrees with my opinion um i i definitely have my disapproving crowd on there but that's what social media is so i just give my opinion and i, I just i just don't worry about what people think i mean i'm not saying i'm right you know, I'm not saying I'm wrong either. It's just it is what it is. It's an opinion. It's gaming. We should just be right. having fun with this stuff and not mm-hmm. arguing over teraflops and brand loyalty and all this other <laughs> nonsense that we see. Yeah, we have we have to have our, our fights to the death over PS4 versus Xbox. <laughs> yep. No, there's no nuance. There's no both sides. It's, you have to choose one right. side and you, you have, have to be choose. so you on that side. You can't just play them all because they're fun. It's like, no, you have to choose one. I, I just think it's hilarious. Gaming isn't fun. This is a yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it seems like a lot of people follow you just because you're a positive personality. That's the vibe I've, vibe I've gotten. The, 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 cool, hilarious uh, thing, the hilarious thing is I'm such an a-hole. I am. I'm such, <laughs> I am such a sarcastic a-hole. But oh, I, we all are. I, but but I, I do try to think. I, I try to not wade in just the silly arguments over stuff like that. I do try to promote, hey, like, dude, it, it's gaming. It's video games. All of this is amazing. Just enjoy mm-hmm. it. Like, I, I forget what it was. Do you remember the old Louis C.K. joke? where he was talking about getting on an airplane and they were doing Wi-Fi. And it was like the first time they'd ever done it. And then people, a guy next to him, because the Wi-Fi was slow, was complaining that it was slow. And he's like, dude, you didn't even know this existed 10 minutes ago. This is amazing. We're flying through the sky and you're able to use the internet, you know? And, and I equate that to a lot of stuff people complain about with gaming as well. Like even this Halo thing, I think it's so silly to complain over the visuals in a way. Because mm-hmm. guess what? It's still amazing <laughs> that you're playing this game and what they're able to do. And I and I think if you can take a step back and just realize where we are right now in 2020 with technology and the fact that we're able to have all these experiences and play these unique games. And like, dude, uh, if you take like I, I'm, I'm 46 years old. So if you take 10 year old me and put me into right now, my mind might explode. You know, because I remember, you know, the Atari 2600 and just all the crappy games that we played in the early 80s until we got to 85 with the NES and that kind of changed things. So it's like when I when I think of it that way, dude, you can't go wrong. No matter what system you're on, you can, literally can't go wrong because they're all amazing. I was going to say, that's why you'd be part of my generation. I'm 25. We just expect everything to be yeah, the best right, every right, time. Right, right, right. Yeah. baby, Nick. No, I, you know, I think so many people, you know, like obviously we're critics we we are critical of the art form but we also love it and we respect all of these developers all these people putting so much work into the games and you know like our criticism doesn't invalidate their work just like their work doesn't invalidate our criticism it's like we're all we're all in this together enjoying uh enjoying something that we love and and i and i think that's the thing it you can be critical but fair like uh, look i'm I'm gonna drop a name slightly like we got a, a chance to interview phil spencer Uh, before Mm -hmm. covid this was back in february and he even went out of his way to say at the end he goes i like you guys because you're fair i'm Mm -hmm. i'm like you obviously you hear how i'm talking about xbox right now but i have a good working relationship with xbox because you can talk about what they're doing wrong in a respectful way and i and i think that that's the key to a lot of this stuff is i don't need to hop on twitter on, on a podcast and just trash xbox for their shortcomings it's like no point out their shortcomings because you want them to fix it they want to fix it they don't want to keep tripping over themselves and i think that's the the key to all this this applies to playstation nintendo on, on down the list like obviously i'm big with with bungie I'm I'm hard on Bungie all the time with Destiny 2 and I love that game because I want it to be the best that it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And the same applies to Xbox and anything else. You're critical because we love this stuff. That's why we're critical, <laughs> not to just be an a-hole. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The real key to success is a YouTube thumbnail with a white background and big red text. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how you win. Uh, but now my fa- my favorite thing about like the whole Halo discourse has been uh, you know the focus on the on like the brute's face 
right I'm like Craig. how often do you actually spend in that game staring and looking at that brood after you killed it <laughs> like you shoot the things you move on i don't know how that's <laughs> such a big deal but the the fun thing about the funny thing about the halo discourse in general though has been like uh you know twitter tw- twitter pundits are, are just ripping on the game every way they possibly can and then if you go to the actual halo subreddit they're actually pretty excited about the game because like they, they saw the gameplay they wanted from it the visuals yeah they need some work but they understand like you know halo 5 was like over overly detailed overly uh i guess it just looked maybe too good for a halo game <laughs> who knows right <laughs> wait a minute some questions you you would be very surprised by how Halo fans like how their games look. Like literally, Halo Four and Five, they said were too detailed. Sounds like you guys are the worst. It, Halo fans are weird, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think it's really cool. Like you know, you're still doing this when you're you're 46 years old. Uh, oh man, Jack, what hell are you? 42? <laughs> whoa, whoa! Like, no, Nick, what's it, it's 40, just, it's mi- fun. mid 40s is not that old yeah Nick. yeah it's not that old Tr- <laughs> trust me, me it is <laughs> trust me wait till you get there you'll 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 know it's not all that right old. yeah i'll take my time getting <laughs> yeah. there. <laughs> it, it's fun though i mean that's ultimately is what it comes down to it's 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 fun to do it's fun to have these kind of conversations and then obviously have these gaming experience again this is why all of it's so amazing with the internet now we're all connected we do these co-op games these multiplayer games just everything we have these conversations it's mm-hmm. fun. So why wouldn't I continue to do it despite being 46 years old? Of course I'm still doing it. I'm just, I'm just surprised you put up with Twitter. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. I, you'd be amazed at how many times I just mute a conversation. I go, okay, this got dumb. I'm out. Right? It's so moving. easy. Mute, mute, block, mute. Yep. mute 25 block. and I'm tired of Twitter. Yep. <laughs> by, the time I, by the time I'm 50, I'm kind of afraid of what social media is going to be. <laughs> All right, well, that was our episode for this week's The Escapist Show. Once again, thanks to Paris Lilly for joining us. I've been Jack Packard, semi-professional video game enjoyer. I'm Nick Calandra, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist, and what, what, what was I calling it? Baby beard? Your baby, baby beard. beard. Man beard baby. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. Oh, not that. Beard baby? Stop stop saying things. Okay. Okay, Dad. <laughs> oh, is it me? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, and, and I'm Paris Lilly, Gamertag Radio. Thank you for having me. Bye, everyone.